Then Elihu continued and said, Hear my words, you wise men, and listen to me, you who know. For the ear tests words as the palate tastes food. Let us choose for ourselves what is right. Let us know among ourselves what is good. For Job has said, I am righteous, but God has taken away my right. Should I lie concerning my right? My wound is incurable, though I am without transgression. What man is like Job, who drinks up derision like water, who goes in company with the workers of iniquity, and walks with wicked men? For he has said, it profits a man nothing when he is pleased with God. Okay, so he asks for a hearing again. Um, when it says he continued and said, I'm assuming there's some sort of a pause. You know, maybe he's waiting to be responded to. Nobody responds. So he picks it up again and he asks for a hearing. He says, for the ear test words as the palate tastes food. So he's saying, you know, just as you judge good food through your sense of taste, you discern the truths through your sense of hearing. So they're going to have to, to evaluate what Elihu's saying. But try to choose for yourself what's right and what's good. Um, and then he makes the statement, Job has said, I am righteous, but God has taken away my right. Should I lie concerning my right? My wound is incurable, though I'm without transgression. He's citing Job to that effect, that he's righteous, God has wronged him. Is that a fair citation? Is that a good summary of what Job says? Yeah, I agree. I think he's fine. I mean, Job contradicts himself every time he turns around. So, I mean, yes, you can probably find some statement that might contradict that, but I think it's a general summing up of a lot of Job's uh, thing. I think that's fine. And uh, so he's going to answer that now, is what he's really trying to do in this. Um, and uh, he, he says in verse 7, what man is like Job who drinks up derision like water? You know, this is, this is bad. You know, uh, that, that it bothers Elihu that Job would make such rash accusations about the justice of God. Uh, he says in verse 9, it profits a man nothing when he's pleased with God. I mean, he's saying that, you know, God doesn't care. He's saying that Job's saying that? Yes, he's, yes, exactly. He's okay. saying that Job is arguing that God doesn't care, that, that God, God is morally indifferent. And I think Elihu's saying Job needs to repent of those things. Job has said some things that aren't right. He's accused God of the injustice, <coughs> and that's wrong. And that's why he's saying Job goes along with the workers of iniquity. Exactly. Not because of what Job did to lead him to being punished, but because of what he's said since he's suffered. Mm -hmm. he, what he's saying mm -hmm. is questioning God's justice. So to me, Elihu is only critiquing what he has seen Job say. He doesn't go do an Eliphaz and assume he'd done a whole bunch of wrong things because he's suffering. But he's heard him make statements questioning or even accusing God of injustice. He considers that to be irreverent. Comments and thoughts? Seems to be a little bit extreme about that, maybe. Maybe condemning Job too strongly? Right. That doesn't mean he's walking with workers of iniquity. You know, and Job did say some good things about how he still believes God is just, even though it doesn't make sense. Yeah. 
But when Job says things like, I'm righteous, but God has taken away my right. Job said some very harsh things you really shouldn't say toward God. It's like, I'm more righteous than God. Yes. (laughs) In some of his worst moments. And, you know, I mean, I am impressed with how God deals with Job. God's pretty, he just barrages him with a storm of questions and said, where were you? Oh, I tell me, Job, if you know all this stuff, if you know how to run everything, then just tell me about this. Tell me about that. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. You know, you all, you know all this. You, you can critique me. Okay, then tell me how to run the universe. I don't think God was happy with Job. I don't mean that in a sense that God was about to condemn Job. But I think God saw that Job needed humble, that he needed strengthen to improve. You know, even the best man on the face of the earth at the time <clears throat> needed to improve. And God knew what it would take for Job to come to that point. You know, he didn't need to strike him down. Right. You know, he, you know, he knew how Job would respond. Yes. You know, sometimes teachers and coaches are hardest on the best students and players because they have the best... Um, potential. You know, I've thought about this before. Does God cause all things to work together for the good of those who love him? Was that true even in the Old Testament, even though it's not stated then? So, how was this good for Job? Well, I say it was. I say it was very hard, but Job grew, and he is stronger and more spiritual at the end than he was at the beginning. That, that and, and so God is trying to shape and mold Job and make something better out of him than what he was. You know, how do you know if, if you know, a piece of steel has structural integrity? It's tested. You have to test it. You have to put a lot of pressure on it and see what happens. Well, they put a lot of pressure on Job. We found a few uh, structural flaws. And uh, the Lord sees the need to correct that, and Elihu does too. But I, I do think this distinction is so critical it's not so much with Elihu, well, the reason you suffered is because you've sinned, but that you've sinned and how you dealt with the suffering. Comments and questions on those first nine verses. Is Elihu talking to the friends in particular? Because in verse one, he said, or verse two, you wise men, and ten, you men of understanding, and he kind of referred to them as that. Kind of, except he thought they weren't wise, but I don't know. Referring to the group. Like, he didn't yeah. say Job here. I think just the group. Okay. He's not, in particular, like, refuting the friends on anything. Well, I think what he's doing with the friends is saying, you didn't get the right arguments. Here's what you should have said. <laughs> okay. You didn't help. So do you perceive him as pretty arrogant? Well... Maybe a little. You know, I don't know. I mean, to me, arrogant wouldn't be my term, more a little... Assertive. Yeah. Cocky. Yeah, cocky might be a good word. He just comes across a little... He's he's young. He seems pretty sure. Yes. Too sure. But not... I don't know, a little different. Yeah, I get it hard to describe. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what to call it. I don't think arrogance, but he's a little... It's like, you know, in the first part, you, you, just listen, guys, and this will make sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know you, let's, let's just know among ourselves what's good. And, you know, when I speak and you'll hear, and then everybody's got to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. He strikes you as young, a young person in some ways. A teenager. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he probably was older than that. But yeah, I mean, somebody who's just like, you know, I mean, that is the way Kyle would do when he was 13 or 14. He'd, he'd make these statements that were absolutely erroneous, but he would make them with such total confidence. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he always made that statement, at least in later years, that there's hardly a day goes by that I don't speak confidently about something of, about which I know nothing or something <laughs> like that. Uh, so, yeah, there's no lack of confidence. Yeah, yeah, he'd, he'd be good at that, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Elihu's not perfect, but, I mean, I don't react to him like I do to the friends. He's not just going off just in ridiculous directions trying to justify God. I mean, he's been right about pretty much everything he's said. So. Yeah, I, I think he's reasonable. I can see why God didn't refute it. I'm not, you know, I, I think this is a good balance. He doesn't really need refuted, but man, men sure do have a hard time coming to any decent conclusions without a whole lot of work, you know. And even some of the conclusions are a little flaky, like the dream part or something like that. But basically, yeah, I think he's about right. So. Other thoughts, questions? All right, 10 to 12. Therefore, listen to me, you men of understanding. Far be it from God to do wickedness, and from the Almighty to do wrong. For he pays a man according to his work, and makes him find it according to his way. Surely God will not act wickedly, and the Almighty will not pervert justice. I'm basically saying God is not unjust. Whatever God experiences from the hand of God is just. You know, he's going to do right. So when you say, you know, that God is unjust, basically... You, you know, it's not right. God is absolutely just. You know, he doesn't act wickedly. He doesn't pervert justice. That's exactly right. I mean, even though Job did not understand what was happening, it was not right for him to say God's unjust. That's not true. It's going to happen to us. Somewhere along the line, something's going to happen. You're going to say, this isn't right. This, I, I, this shouldn't have happened like this. And, and where's God? Why did God answer? Why? What's, well... It's, and, and God just must be really falling down on the job. No. God never falls down on the job. We don't understand. But we shouldn't accuse God. Um, you know. So, I think he's right. Um, God does not do things that are unjust. Even though this one surely looks like it. Alright, anything you want to say through verse 12? We will stop there then and uh, pick up in verse 13. Uh, good.